Hello, welcome to another episode of the Niche Podcast, a music podcast created by a band attempting to define the music industry in the 21st century. My name is Liam David and I'm the frontman of the Brisbane indie rockers, The Niche. A little bit of news for you. Our debut song, Fake Friends, is out and thankfully it's crazy creating a lot of uh, momentum for The Niche. Uh, we've played some live shows and it's getting more and more streams every day but uh, it is kind of hard not to let that negative self-talk get in your head and always want to do a little bit better so um, this podcast is basically if it's your first time listening it's, it's an attempt to make sense of this confusing music industry that the niche are embarking on so what we aim to do is meet fellow musicians, meet other industry professionals, people that have had experience in the music industry and talk about their forays, their successes, their failures, and uh, to really bring out a strength of each of our guests to try and create like a resource, a package, uh, a moment in time for other young artists and bands to engage it with and uh, really kind of uh, help navigate their journey in the music industry. Uh, a little bit of news um, is that The Niche uh, got our big single launch coming up. So the song's been out for a little while now. And uh, to celebrate that, we're going to be playing a big old gig here at Greaser in Brisbane, which is a fantastic venue. And we're sharing that show with The Spare Tires and Cheap Date two other great bands and Cheap Date have actually recorded a podcast Uh, they've come on as special guests and their episode will be up in the coming days so if you're interested if you're a loyal listener if you've had a go at fake friends and like what you hear I think this gig should be fingers crossed after all the COVID nonsense so we should be able to kind of dance around like normal so it should be an absolutely fantastic night and it's free entry If you're a young band or a young artist and you want to come on the podcast and you want to share your name, get get your name out there, get a press opportunity, there is no better way than to come along to a niche show and tap one of the lads on the shoulder afterwards, get us talking about some music. And uh, I think there's no better way to succeed in the music industry than meeting people face-to-face and uh, tapping elbows or whatever we do during COVID. Now let's talk about our special guest. It's a little bit of a change, which I think is really exciting. It's not a band, so to speak, but it's a group that's kind of, it's like a community project slash record label in Brisbane. What they attempt to do is get beat making and kind of DJ type music and hip hop and all that type of thing um, healthy in the Brisbane music scene. So they create like their own mixtapes and they try and sign and support artists that they find interesting. And they're called the Spare Time Collective. The Spare Time Collective is Australia's biggest beat maker community. They're a collective of Brisbaneite beat makers and artists who are combining powers in pursuit of cultivating a more established Australian beat, beat maker community. Making music is their passion, growing and aiding the community on its path is their mission. Uh, the Spare Time Collective operate as a hub for artists and musicians to connect, host a radio program on 4ZZZ in Brisbane, and release beat tapes showcasing Australian and New Zealand beat makers. 
They release collaborative beat tapes and individual releases for their producers. And I had a chat with Alex, one of the founding members of Spare Time Collective, about what got this project beginning and uh, what he, what advice he could uh, instill in a young artist that's trying to make their way, maybe get the attention of a record label. So here's my fantastic chat with Alex from the Spare Time Collective. Uh, my first question to you was, um, so you've played a large part in starting a fantastic initiative for Brisbane beat makers in the Spare Time Collective. Uh, can you tell our audience a little bit more about this? Because uh, some of them might be unfamiliar with this particular scene. Yeah, yeah, thanks a lot. Um, yeah, so basically there's just incredible beat makers all across Australia but they're all fractured or they're divided by smaller scenes and um, there just doesn't seem to be a lot of cohesion. And we can see in America, there's all these groups and they're strong and they're just helping each other get better. And we just wanted to see that happen in Australia. And I think it's about time pretty much. Why do you think this gap in the market um, happened in Australia with, with Aussie music. Do you think that the Aussie music industry is going all right or do you think more needs to be done to support our industry? Oh yeah. I think, <laughs> I mean, I, the liberal government <laughs> has just stripped funding from arts, at, you know, year after year after year, making it worse. And um, I think Australia's music, because I'm in Singapore right now and I'd say the music industry here is quite, uh, quite shocking. So Australia in comparison, the scene is awesome and it does get government support and, you know, there, there are grants and those opportunities are there, but they're, they're, it's not good enough. Basically. Um, I, I don't think the Australian market or the government, I don't think they see the profit in it, but it's definitely there. What do you think about how the, the government handled COVID? Because it was interesting. I think I, it was the, I can't remember who it was, but it was a, a notable Aussie artist said that there was, seems to be this massive contradiction that, you know, sporting events, we've got 30, 40, 50,000 people mm. packed into a stadium to watch the cricket or whatever it is. But uh, live venues still have so much more um, constriction. Yeah, I, like I've, I've been gone since COVID, so I don't, I don't know the full ins and outs, but oh yeah, like musicians are just, they're, they're treated like they're not a, a legitimate, um, they're not working in a legitimate field and they're not given any proper support, uh, which is just shocking. Yeah. So you, you seem very uh, passionate about this, this um, getting beat making back up and going in Australia and filling this gap in the market. What really inspired you to start this journey, this initiative? I think, um, so yeah, first off spare time is it's, th uh, three of us. So it's me and two of my good mates, uh, Rowan Kent and Ben Sharag, And we've been producing music together since we were 14, which is, you know, 12 years ago now. And, um, it's just, 
we just wanted more inclusion. When, when we were younger, there wasn't really a scene where anybody was putting their hand out to us. And eventually people did, but we kind of wanted to make the opportunities that we weren't finding there. You know, that, like I was saying, there's just these like phenomenal producers scattered across Australia, like making world-class music, but they don't know how to market it. They, they don't have faith in their own ability. And they just need somebody to, who knows the scene a bit more and knows how the industry works to help them out. So I think it just came from us being frustrated initially and then being like, well, we can just, we can just change this. Yeah. It's interesting. I've spoken to a few Aussie artists on this podcast and this theme of DIY always keeps coming up that Mm. I don't know, is it because the Aussie industry is maybe not as large and the music industry is not as large as perhaps it is in England or America that if you want to make it in Australia, you almost got to do everything yourself. There's this kind of this DIY attitude, like what you guys did. Yeah, I, you, you really do. I, I think for the most part you do, unless you're very lucky. Um, and, you know, people get to a stage where they start getting support and that's where we want to help get, get people to. But um, I think a part of it is... Um, in America, like a musician is kind of a career, like in the, in the zeitgeist, people kind of know that that's an option. Whereas in Australia, I feel like not so much. And then there's just the fact that if you're in America or Europe, you can tour for a year and just keep moving and, and paying, paying bills through your touring. But in Australia, it's just, it's just too expensive to, to do that. Yeah, the, the cities are kind of more blocked off. Like um, if you're a Brisbane band, even playing in Sydney would be a massive undertaking. You'd have to organise yeah. travel, whether you hire a van or, you know, try and get yeah. all your gear online, on, on a plane. Like even Brisbane to Sydney would be a huge task. Totally, let alone Perth and New Zealand. Um, so it's tough. So I think people have to... I guess they, you know, people have to mix their own music more. They have to put all, wear all those hats themselves. And the opportunities are there, but they're, they're really hard to break into. And I think a lot of that is just because there's not a, not an idea that this can even be done. Like I've been making music for a lot and working with sound or studying for like a long time before I kind of realized how, to just break into it and start getting paid. And it's just because it's not really, there's not enough people around that have done that to kind of make it seem possible. Yeah, definitely. Well, your, your uh, initiative is to help young beat makers in Australia to try and become professional, hopefully and make, make it their full-time profession. But uh, when you are, on the lookout for these emerging artists, what makes a good producer? What makes a good beat maker? What, what are you looking for when you hear mm. an emerging artist? I think um, one thing we mainly work, look for is um, whether or not they're good or not is how self-motivated they are. Cause there's some really good guys we know and they are just, they just kind of don't play the game much. 
and it's yeah. just it's just ridiculous trying to chase them up. So you know, we're, we're, we look for people that are like, you know, I'm going to give this a serious crack, and I will be on time, and I will, you know, repeatedly show up, and you don't have to, you know, chase me up to do the thing that I said I would do. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's one thing, but then, you know, like producing is incredibly difficult and like to be a good producer. So, you know, we're looking for credible mixes, people with, you know, really strong technical control or with synthesizers. And then like a big thing for us is just uh, groove. Like if, if somebody can master groove, the, the other elements could be pretty weak, but the song will be really good. Yeah. Well, one, I want to pick you up on, on one thing you said there and thinking about not just making the music, but also playing the game, as you said, I think mm. that's so important for young artists. It's, it's changed from when you and I were at school, uh, when, when mm. we were at school, perhaps money came in from making CDs and t-shirts. Whereas now yeah. uh, music, it's all about social media, uh, your presence, um, and getting yep. onto Spotify playlists and you kind of, the big hit for a band might be to get their song on a TikTok trend or something like that. It's, it's yeah, completely yeah. changing in front of our eyes. So you help artists with their release strategy. What's the biggest mistake that you see young music, musicians make when they try to spread word about their music? Mm. Uh, I think people uh one of one big mistake is i guess being like precious about the release uh i I feel like there's a procedure you need to follow and you just have to go through the motions regardless of the results and then do it and then do it again and again um i think a lot of people you know they 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 pour their heart into this song and they put it out for starters, they don't even, they don't even have a plan. Well, that's probably the biggest mistake is that there's no plan. There's no press release. They don't know. They don't know about blogs and they're just learning about playlists. I'd say just the lack of planning probably. Yeah. And I suppose your job as the spare time collective is to kind of help them guide through that. But um, I suppose you guys, one of your challenges yourselves is, you have to be on top of the game uh, when you give that advice. So what changes have you personally seen in the music industry uh, in recent years that, you know, you've had to perhaps change the advice that you give to a young musician about, you know, spreading the word about their music? Well, I guess we, um, we're not on top of the game (laughs) and we're, we're constantly trying really hard to talk to the right people to learn about how to, how to nail that. And we're getting closer and closer. Um, so we try to be honest about that. We don't want to tell anyone like this is how you do it when we're not getting the, the best results. Um, so I think to, to now it's about like, to get on top of the game, it seems like you just have to please the the beast that is the algorithm that, you know, and I think the way to do that is through getting a proper relationship with bloggers and playlist um, curators because they're the gatekeepers and you want to know them well. 
but then again, it's about what you want out of your career. Like if you want to try to make a lot of songs and get that streaming revenue, that's what I would suggest. But then if you want to, you know, try to tour Australia all the time, we'd look at a different avenue, but most artists want the same thing. And that's a ton of streaming uh, plays. And there's only one way to get that really It's write a, write a really good song and then get it on the right playlist. We're just going to take a short break from this week's interview to talk about the band who's bringing you this podcast. Hey there, everyone. It's Liam David here, the frontman of The Niche, the Brisbane Indie Rockers. We are absolutely thrilled to announce the release of our debut single, Fake Friends, which is available everywhere on July 10th. True to The Niche's mission to respark audiences' love of rock music, Fake Friends embodies the supersonic sound of an indie anthem from its very first jangly guitar riff played by yours truly. Fake Friends will hopefully ensure a bold debut for us with blur-like bounce, strokes-esque guitar licks and Oasis-style irreverence. My main man, Elliot Warden on lead guitar, said that Fake Friends is a love letter to the music we grew up with. I believe listeners will be hooked and come along with us once they hear our unique spin on things. And this infectious positivity is emblematic of all of us. It's our can-do attitude and hustle. At a young age, in his native South Africa, our drummer Sheldon actually put his very first drum kit together using pots and pans, and for sticks, he used a novelty pencil and a stick that he found in a bush. Found in a bush, I'm not even joking. So this is going to be the first of three singles for The Niche with another one coming out in November and another one coming out in February 2022 to go along with our debut EP uh, towards maybe this time next year, July next year in 2022. So keep in track with us. I'm going to play a little snippet of Fake Friends now just to give you a taste, whet the appetite of what's in store for you on July 10th. The word niche is actually British slang for nothing, nothing at all. And I know sometimes when life gets you down, all of us can feel like nothing at all. But if you want to feel like something with us, come along on our journey, join the niche by streaming Fake Friends and following us on social media. Our handle is the same everywhere. It's The Niche Music, at The Niche Music, N-I-S-H. Chuck us a like, chuck us a follow, and it would mean the world to us if you could join the party. All right, let's go back to the podcast. Yeah, definitely. So you mentioned um, to go along with um, the release strategy that uh, Spare Time Collective has almost uh, turned into a, a label. So what's, um, have you discovered any beat makers and producers in Australia that you know, you, you've just wanted to grab hold of straight away and you go, wow, check this guy out? Oh yeah. There's a few, there's a few that like, you know, we reach out to and they're on board and we're signing them now, which is like awesome. Um, a few names are like Heights, Dave machine, Phoenix, Man- Phoenix mansion. And then, um, uh, an artist we really wanted to sign, but did, didn't because she just, she went with someone else's ass with Janini. 
she's from Brisbane. She really just shot up and we've known her for, since we we're in high school, but it's been really cool, really cool seeing her um, develop a really, really individual and well executed uh, sound and visual aesthetic. Um, but, you know, there's a huge list of artists we want to lock in because they're, they're out there. There's tons of them. They're all great. So if there was a, a young producer, a young beat maker out there that wanted to get your attention, what would your advice be to them to make themselves, I suppose, as sellable as possible or, or to grab your attention? Mm. I guess, um, well, we take submissions on some, um, I mean, I guess you could attach the, the link in the bio, um, we do do a radio segment on four triple Z. So we take tons of submissions. So it's kind of like, it's just white noise at this point because we get hundreds. Um, I'd say just start spamming us on Instagram and just be really polite about it. And that's mainly it. Like, cause some, some producers, the way they communicate, is just it's awful. And then when we communicate with really just lovely people, it just, speaks volume yeah I, i've even noticed that uh with this podcast you know the people that um the people that were really excited about coming on and sharing mm. stuff that's those are the people that i wanted to respond with whereas other people nice. just like, yeah i'm doing a song yeah, yeah i want to yeah. come on that'd be good exactly people are just like yeah when do you want it and and some people are so yeah you know there's not many of them, but some of them are really arrogant in the way they communicate. And that, that's kind of, that's directly against what we're trying to do here. So, we, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a fantastic advice for young musicians in general is you never know who you're speaking to really uh, and, and what can lead to what. So just please as a yeah. thank you. So, you know, that, just, yeah. that, just that simple stuff can make such Just be nice pressure. to everybody. And if you're going to reach out, especially with press and stuff, um, spend the time to figure out who you're reaching out to and make sure that you cater your email. Just really cater it to them, you know, be like, Oh, I've heard you've worked on these releases. I love them because of this and this and this. And I think I'm a good fit because of this. Don't just copy and paste spam. You, you can do that, but you, you want lifelong uh, relationships with the right people, not just these surface level yeah yeah definitely um i want to ask a question about uh, you personally and, and your music journey um i think we all had uh experiences when we were younger where the world kind of changed when you saw maybe a specific artist live or you heard a specific album and it just changed your outlook on music from maybe something that was playing in the background when your mum was making dinner to uh, something mm. that you wanted to spend your life doing what were some of your early music memories that changed your thoughts about music? Oh yeah. Uh, a lot. Music was a big deal for me when I was growing up. Uh, mainly my dad um, worked at home a lot for his lecturer, but he would do a lot of his work at home and he would just uh, blast like Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin and the Beatles and, and David Bowie. And, um, I still think that stuff's like the best music that's ever been written. Yeah, and that just yeah, totally blew my mind. And 
Um, then I, he, you know, he got me a guitar when I was 10 and, um, I just kept playing, but then, you know, then in high school, it all changed. And we, uh, me and Ben Chirag from MIC, who I run spare time with, you know, we started a band and he's in a crazy synth and piano player. And we started making all this weird stuff. And, um, then, you know, artists like Flume and Taku and Chet Faker came out and that's just like exactly what is, is right about the Australian beat scene is just, we like, I reckon that stuff changed the, the way, like the world was making like a Vici level kind of electronic music. And then I think those Australian uh, musicians seriously shifted the, the scene. And then I was just so into, into making music like that. You mentioned MIC there. And for those who don't know, uh, Alex and I both went to a school in Brisbane called music industry college, where it's not necessarily uh, about music theory or teaching mm. everyone all these big, you know, fancy tests in specific instruments. It's more about the music industry itself and trying to teach young people about how to get into doing music as a career. You've moved on to running spare time collective. What would you say to people who say, Oh, don't pursue music. There's no money in it. <laughs> Go get a real job. <laughs> what do you yeah. think about this idea of the, you know, music, the music industry is not an industry that's, uh, I suppose can provide a sustainable career. You know, um, it's a really tough industry, but I know lots of people that have made it work. I know some people that are rich from it. Um, you know, it's true what they say. Like, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Like I, I never get up and I'm annoyed that I have to do this stuff. I'm always like, I want to work 10, 12 hours a day making music and talking to musicians. Um, so it's just like, no amount of money would shift that for me. And the more I keep doing that, the, the more opportunities will show up. And I think it's, you can't be a lazy person and pursue art and like you can, but it's not going to work. <laughs> you've <laughs> yeah. got to be, you've got to hustle twice as hard. And um, I think it's twice as rewarding for me. Yeah, definitely. And I, I love what you're doing um, to support that side of things. Uh, it wasn't a genre of music that I was familiar with when I went to MIC, but I remember you playing at a, a lunchtime or something like that. And yeah, I thought yeah. it was really cool. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. So I can appreciate yeah, how it, it's a genre of music that I think could really, really explode, especially in Australia. It's just, I think it's, you're right on point. Oh yeah, totally. It's, it's the base of a lot of genres, you know, like from popular hip hop to trap and just general, general pop music. It's all, it's all beats really just made in, in, in different ways. And that skill set, you know, it can be really valuable. Um, and yeah, I just want to shout out MIC because, uh, and Brett, Brett Wood and Charlie, um, oh, it was just the best school. It was just like, couldn't couldn't have couldn't have asked for a better better place to learn. Um, just amazing teachers. I mean, we had huge lunch breaks, and the classes were set up really efficiently. It was just awesome. Yeah, it changed my life. 
And there's a lot totally. of things that I still do today, whether it be this podcast itself or the way that I advertise my band or even in my day, day job as a teacher, you know, there's a lot of things that I do that I can link back to things that I learned at uh, music industry college. I think mainly it's that DIY attitude where if it doesn't exist, make it yourself. And I think that you've yeah. done that yourself as well. Yeah. Cool. Totally. And, and like it was such an empathetical school. Like I was just about to drop out um, before I went there and every time there was a problem, they would just, just focus on you and just sort it out and just be like accepting. And, um, it was just unreal. Yeah. I think it needs to schooling. I think it, as a trend needs to go down that route of more yeah. individual type education and really like I see it in the school that I teach at now, most of my kids just to kind of humming along. They don't really have any passion. They don't really have any yeah. go get them attitude, but MIC yeah. fostered that. It didn't matter uh -oh. if it was in journalism or beat making. Mm. Everyone had a thing. And yeah, absolutely. That want to happen. Yeah, absolutely. They'd like look you in the eye and just tell you like, oh, you're really good at this thing and you're going to nail this thing. Whereas other schools, you just get lost in the numbers and no one really gives a shit what you want to do. It's crazy. Yeah. So if someone yeah. wanted to support you and your initiative, if they, if they liked what they heard and they think it's a, a great initiative as I think it is as well, uh, how can they support Spare Time Collective? Oh, yeah. Well, um, following us on the socials always helps. So it's just Spare Time Collective on Instagram. And then you can check out our website on sparetimecollective.com. Um, if you go to our band camp, it, it helps our traffic. If you, if you purchase one of our beat tapes, cause we make these big collaborative beat tapes, but all of the, all of the money made from those beat tapes goes to help, uh, first nations people in Australia. So you are just donating to charity, but you'll get a bunch of cool music in return. And yeah. Well, I think it's a no-brainer. Go see a gig. Alex. Yeah, I think it's a no-brainer. I think that's a fantastic initiative. So if you're listening and you, and you like the sound of, of what Alex and the gang are doing over at Spare Time Collective, check them out on social media. And yeah, go, go check out those uh, mixes on Bandcamp. I think that goes to a great cause and you get to check out some fantastic local musicians at the same time. Yeah, totally. Totally. Thanks for coming on the show, Alex. And uh, yeah, thanks sure so much, Liam. I'm sure we'll uh, chat again somewhere down the road. Yeah, totally. Th thanks a lot.